Hello, mamas. Welcome to the Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Jade Abbey, motherhood empowerment coach, founder of the Motherhood Community, and together we are going to redefine motherhood. This podcast is for any mama out there that is ready to step into her power, rediscover herself, and be inspired to thrive as the best mother she can be. So join me each week as we begin to create bigger conversations around the journey of becoming a mother, as well as interviews with the most inspiring mothers from around the globe. So as a community, we can start to empower and uplift each other in this wild but beautiful journey called motherhood. This is episode six, and today on the Motherhood Podcast, we are joined by fellow mama and founder of the Mum Brain Therapist, Bryce Reddy. Bryce is a qualified therapist and coach with over 10 years of clinical experience and six years of experience as a mum herself. She currently resides by the ocean in coastal New England with her beautiful family. Bryce has supported countless mothers over the years in implementing practical skills and strategies into their everyday lives. Through her visual social platform, Bryce inspires and educates mothers from across the globe with accessible and easy to understand information and has made it her mission to help mothers find more peace and happiness in their journey of motherhood. So in this episode, we chat all about mental and emotional self-care for mothers and how mums can begin to implement simple and effective self-care practices into their busy daily routines. Bryce delves into her personal journey within motherhood and why she chose to become the membrane therapist. She explains what real self-care looks like from a mental health perspective. And we talk on mothers' tendencies to put everyone else's needs before themselves and the impact this can have on not only us as mums, but our families as well. Then lastly, Bryce shares advice on how we can shift our mindset to start naturally putting self-care to the forefront of our priorities. And she shares her top five simple but effective self-care practices for busy mums. So without further ado, let's bring on the beautiful Bryce Reddy. Hello, Bryce. Welcome to the show. Oh, hey there, Jade. How Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's such an honor to have you here. I'm actually super excited for this episode. I know you have so much experience and wisdom to share around this topic. And I really feel it's a topic that so many mothers um, struggle to balance in their day-to-day mm. lives. But it's, you know, probably one of the most important, our mental well-being. So I know this episode is going to be super valuable to so many mothers. Um, so thank you for being here. Um, I just, I would love for us to start by just delving into you and your personal journey. So could you kind of set us off with a little bit about yourself and kind of what led you to become the membrane therapist? Oh, definitely. So um, for those who don't know me, my name is Bryce Reddy. I am a licensed mental health counselor and I'm based out of Massachusetts up in the U.S. Um, I am a mom of two kids. I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old daughter or a six-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. And like Jay said, I support moms um, on my platform on Instagram uh, under the handle Mom Brain Therapist. And over there, I like to just share information for everyday motherhood because I feel like 
in so many ways, motherhood um, just needs that extra support. And we tend to think of mental health as something only for when we're ill or when there's a problem, but really our mental health is about everyday life. And that's kind of what I tried to bring to that space. Um, and I got into working with moms after kind of my own tumultuous journey into motherhood. <laughs> um, I struggled to get pregnant. I had my son prematurely after my water broke at my baby shower, which is like a whole other story. Wow. Um, my son cried every single minute of the day for what seemed like months on end. I dealt with postpartum depression and infertility and then IVF. And it was just a lot. Like it wasn't the entry into motherhood that I expected. And it really opened my eyes to this huge transformation that we go through as mothers and how much of it we are navigating with just like minimal support <laughs> and awareness for yeah. even what's to come. So that was really my goal in kind of getting into social media is that a lot of people don't have time to go sit in therapy once a week and drive there and coordinate, you know, childcare. And while what I'm not, well, what I'm doing there isn't therapy, it's, it's just like a, a way to share information to kind of support and just help people out, I think, in a way and connect people um, just in this everyday, simple way of social media. Mm, and I, I love the way you do it, the, your graphics, and it's you've made it in a way that is so, um, I guess, um, easy to digest and just understandable. It's I, I really enjoy enjoy your posts. Oh, I love that. And that's really like it kind of been a fun side effect of that is like mm. I love the creativity aspect of it and really kind of simplifying these kind of topics and ideas that can be a little bit more complicated. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And now, like, I, I know self-care is, you know, been thrown around a lot over the past few years, especially oh, yeah. on social media. It's, <laughs> it's almost become, you know, a bit of a trend. You just, you see it everywhere and it's, it's talked about a lot. Um, but I know there's, there's actually so many different areas of self-care. You know, it's not just about your um, stereotypical pampering self-care of, you yes. know, like bubble baths and massages that we see a lot of. So, you know, I would love for you to touch on your thoughts with that. And what is the real difference between, you know, the self-care that is commonly marketed to us and real self-care when it comes to mental health? Definitely. So this is a topic that's super important to me and, you know, not just my professional life, but my personal life, right? Because as mothers, like this is, we get these messages, right, from the outside world that self-care is stuff like massages and getting your nails done and going mm -hmm. shopping and like treat yourself type of stuff. But we don't always have like maybe the time or even the money to do that um, and the availability. So, you know, I don't think any of, I think what is missing from that message is that none of that stuff matters if we aren't attending to our basic needs as humans, right? So yeah. before we can get in, into like any of that extra stuff, we always want to make sure that people are attending to their most basic self-care needs. And I usually use this acronym called NEST. So N-E-S-T-S. -S. Um, and N is for nutrition. So that's feeding yourself and staying hydrated. E is for exercise, and this doesn't mean to need, mean like hitting the gym for hours at a time or going on like 10-mile runs. This might just mean like walking your dog once a day by yourself, right? Or stretching and moving your body in a way that feels good, right? So it doesn't have to be this like big thing. Um, S is for sleep, 
which I also like to remind people is rest. <laughs> doesn't have to mean actually like closing your eyes and dozing off. And that's kind of reflecting on how much you're sleeping at night and whether or not you're cultivating time in your day for mental and physical rest, which doesn't necessarily mean sleep. That might just be like laying in your bed and kind of like staring at the wall while your baby naps. You know, it could be anything that you're just not, you're accepting that physical and mental rest. And T, T is for time. So time for you to recharge as a human. And that might mean taking a hot shower, using your favorite soap, uh, laying in your room with a book while your parenting partner maybe like manages the kids or, you know, takes them out or whatever that is. Um, and the last S is for support. And I teach that as asking for help. So reaching out. So these, as you can tell, like they seem really simple, you know, but a lot of them are unmet needs for, the, for mothers and parents in general, but mothers especially you know, that these basic things just aren't getting taken care of, not because people don't care about themselves, but because, you know, there's just a lot of other needs to meet. And sometimes ours can kind of get lost in the shuffle. Oh, goodness. So much, so much. We definitely kind of take that back step when we become a mum and um, just put all of our focus and energy in our children and, you know, our partners to the point where we're just totally wearing ourselves out. We've got nothing left to give. Right. Um, we're just running on empty. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, but I love that. I love that acronym. And they they really are simple. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They are very, very simple, basic needs. Um, I guess it's just maybe mothers learning to um, how to kind of um, communicate those and how to start putting those as a priority. Yeah. yeah. Just putting them to the forefront and being intentional about it. Yeah. Like I said, it doesn't have to be this like big thing. It can just be saying like, I'm going to fill up my water bottle before I go to bed and I'm going to drink that water bottle through the day tomorrow, mm. you know, or making myself a snack, you know, while I make the kids a snack and just making sure that I'm taking time to nourish my body or stretching like while my kids are, you know, doing like running around yeah. the playground, I can take that moment to do something. So. Yeah, definitely. And I do, I talk a lot on that when it comes to mothers just naturally um, putting everyone else's needs before their own. Mm. And I mean, I personally believe that has a lot to do with our societal culture and expectations around women and especially um, mums when it comes to, you know, what it is to be a mum and how we should be caring for others. Yes. So mm -hmm. I would... I would love to hear your views on that when it comes to mothers being so self-sacrificing and how we go about shifting that. Yeah, well, I think it kind of happens in a lot of ways. You know, I think for one, our kids' needs are just so much louder and seemingly more pressing than ours. So it takes a lot of intention for us to listen and acknowledge and meet our own needs through that volume, right? Mm. Um, and our urgency feels lower, you know, because it's like <laughs> no one's shouting, no one's like pulling on like my pant leg or screaming because they need to eat, right? Because mm. I need to eat, you know, like they're just, their needs are just really obvious, right? Yeah. Whereas ours were kind of just like so busy doing everything else. We don't hear them so often. And that's where that intentionality piece comes in that I was mentioning. Um, but I think going back to like your point, right? Of, you know, where does that self-sacrifice self piece come from? You know, and I did a post recently on how did we see our parents practice self-care when we were kids, right? 
And, you know, I think that there is this kind of generational, you know, piece here. You know, I, my mom is, was such a selfless person, you know, like Mm -hmm. that was what she did. She didn't buy herself new clothes. She like, you know, she was give, give, giving to us all the time. And, you know, I learned from that, right? Just like we all learn from the, the adults around us as children as to what it looks like. And, you know, that I think has come to mean something in our society, right? That people expect mothers to be very self-sacrificing and we expect to be pouring everything into our kids. And there's a pride to that almost, right? You know, like people are, mothers are um, applauded for it. Oh, she's so selfless. She's so this, but but there's a lot of unmet needs under there that are, are harmful for the mom. Mm, so, so true. I couldn't agree more. It's, it's definitely this um, generational cycle for sure. And I think back to especially my grandmother, you know, mm. she is kind of known within the, like she is just like incredible but she has always been so self-sacrificing and Mm. you know the things that she's done for her family and my grandfather and she's always so busy you know the house is always spotless there's always home-cooked meals and you know Mm. my mum's kind of followed into that and it is it's so it so is and it's it's just this we've kind of created this image of this perfect human being when it just doesn't exist (laughs) it doesn't exist yeah there's just not there's just no space for it I think in a lot of ways (laughs) and I mean I think we're seeing it now too is because you know women and mothers are spending so much more time you know uh having their own careers, which they probably didn't have or might not have had, um, you know, 70 years ago, 50 years ago, right? You know, that there is this kind of shift in kind of what the modern day family looks like. A lot of families need dual uh, incomes, you know, and that so mothers are working outside the home and then they're coming home and they're doing, you know, all of this stuff. And um, a lot of it just hasn't really like caught up, right? Like Mm -hmm. that there is still this expectation to have a spotless house, which I grew up in a spotless house as well and I look around my house and I'm like oh my god (laughs) what what is happening like my mom had like the vacuumed every day like the floors were clean and the toys were put away every night and my house like right now it looks like chaos (laughs) but you know it's the way it is I guess you know we're all trying to fit in a million different things and Mm. it's, it's hard to compare you know where we are in 2020 to, you know, maybe where our parents were, you know, X many years ago. Oh, a very, very different world. Um, But I would actually love to speak on that as well, because I like, I know from my own experience and as well, speaking to other women, I've noticed it, it seems to be quite a common thing for mums to fall into this belief that caring for ourselves and putting our own needs as a priority is actually selfish. And it, it seems even when mums do have a bit of time to themselves, they're often holding on to this guilt and shame mm. um, and just feeling like a bad mum for having any time away from their children. So mm. for us, you know, I guess to start letting go of this mum guilt around self-care, I think it's important we're actually aware of the consequences, you know, to us mm. not caring for ourselves and putting our needs as a priority. So could you maybe shed some light on that and what the impacts can be. Yeah, definitely. So 
I work a lot with anger and motherhood, and that's just a topic that has kind of evolved as kind of a, a front focus for me just because I was seeing it so much. You know, I, um, I wouldn't hear often about it in kind of like my therapeutic practice, but when I started posting about it on social media, it was like blowing up. I was getting like hundreds of DMs and, you know, I was, once I opened the, like kind of the floodgates to like acknowledging that it's okay to say like, I'm a really, I feel really angry all the time and irritable and agitated. People were like, yes, I feel that way. <laughs> like, why haven't I ever like talked about this before? Right. Mm -hmm. So there has been kind of this just, um, I don't want to say like, maybe like permission to say like, when we don't have our needs met, like we have a tendency to feel really angry, you know, and people kind of feel really ashamed and guilty about saying that because I think we're all led to believe we're kind of expected to just like love motherhood and think it's the most wonderful time of our lives. And it's just like the greatest gift, which it can be all of those things, but you can still feel anger, right? And that anger comes from those unmet needs. And there's a whole host of things that we might be missing our needs being met for. But that is what I see the most is really that anger and resentment that kind of comes from all of these unmet needs. Mm, yeah, definitely. And so when it like when it comes to our actual mindset, um, what you know, how do mums start that process to finding it easier to actually put their own needs in? Like, what is the the mindset shift that we right. make to start bringing that self care to the forefront? So how I usually frame it with kind of my patients and the way I talk about it on uh, social media is that taking care of you is a gift for them. So we cannot be who we want to be and who we need to be for our kids without tending to our own needs. And like I talked about before, like they don't have to be these extravagant things, but the first step is acknowledging that we have needs, right? Because we're so used to pushing them down. And going and attempting to meet them in ways that seems realistic and manageable and recognizing that the time we take away from our kids and our families to do that is really a gift for them, you know, because we're going to come back and we're going to be feeling so much better. We're going to be feeling refreshed. We're going to be, you know, excited to see them, you know, because maybe we've had a little recharge or we're just feeling like in our more optimal self, right? And as opposed to if we don't take that break or if we don't kind of meet those needs, how are we feeling then? Probably not that great, a little more irritable, easy, more easily annoyed, less patient, right? So just taking that reframe into like taking care of you as a gift for them and really holding that. Yes, I absolutely love that. And I totally vouch for that just from my own experience. Mm -hmm. I can definitely say, um, the way I've been able to show up for Helen, my daughter, mm -hmm. since I've started doing that and, you know, making my own self-care a non-negotiable, the mm. shift is in just incredible. Um, I definitely say a lot with my patience. Like, I just feel yes. like my patience has got, um, you know, just have a lot more tolerance. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's just because, you know, I'm having that I'm creating that space to just, yes. you know, be and be in my own silence and just, you know, revive myself. So then, mm -hmm. you know, there's that whole having more to give thing, isn't it? 
Yes, definitely. And I always, one of the examples I always use is at, um, after dinner, most nights I walk my dog. I'm my 13 year old yellow lab, right? Mm. But he needs his walk before bedtime. And I always take that walk because that walk is leading up to bedtime for my kids, right? Which if I don't get that walk and I'm going straight from working and, you know, being home and cooking and maybe like doing dishes or trying to clean up and tidy up. And it's so easy sometimes to be like, oh, he doesn't need a walk. I'll just like, I'm going to clean the living room. But like, he needs that walk and mm-hmm. I need that walk <laughs> because once I come back from being outside for a half an hour and having some fresh air, I can like get the PJs on and get bedtime rolling. And it's, you know, my daughter, my husband does bedtime for my older child, my six-year-old son, but I do bedtime with my three-year-old and I can be so like, it can drive me crazy if I haven't had that walk, but that walk always sets me up for just kind of having a much more pleasant way to end our day. Mm, yeah. And I'm, I guess maybe that's a, a really important thing for us to, you know, in those moments where we're just like, feeling that mum guilt come up just Mm. reminding ourselves of that reminding ourselves of why that needs to be done and how that's also going to benefit our children Mm -hmm. yeah I love that um I would love to hear you know from you some actual you know tangible self-care practices that mums can start adding into their daily routines um especially some simple but effective practices because I know as mums we're often so busy and trying to juggle a million things at once. So could you maybe give us your top five self-care practices for mums that are on limited time, but are still really powerful and really effective? Yes, definitely. This is like my favorite type of self-care to talk about actually (laughs) is like the simple realistic stuff. Mm. Um, So the first one would be being super intentional about your nest that we talked about earlier you know, making a real plan to kind of address those five things, you know, nutrition, exercise, uh, sleep, time, and support. Um, My second one would be getting outside each day. So feeling the sun, getting some fresh air and moving around. And the good thing is, is this is one we can actually do with our kids too. That might mean like taking them for a walk around the block or like just playing in the backyard for an hour together or even setting them up to play independently while you just sit there, right? You know, that is something I always advocate for. Um, the next one would be self-care by subtraction. So I, I frame this as ask yourself what you can do to simplify your life. And this might mean unfollowing people on social media that stress you out or accounts that you don't find helpful and kind of get you into that comparison, you know, mindset, uh, decluttering your house. So maybe like doing a toy purge or a clothing purge of clothes that, you know, don't fit you or whatever. And even saying no to invitations, you know, like you don't have to go to every kid's birthday party you get invited to, or, you know, you're going to miss some family dinner sometime and that's okay. And the goal really is just kind of simplifying your life with that one. Um, Number four would be including something you enjoy in each day. So this might be listening to your own music in the car, putting on clothes that feel good, or even just listening to a podcast like this one or an audio book while you make dinner or while you kind of clean up around the house or during your commute. You know, anything that is kind of acknowledging that you still have interests and kind of, and your enjoyment matters. You know, you don't have to drive around and listen to Paw Patrol. You know, you can say like, I'm going to listen to like the music I like, right? Um, and the last one would be having some quiet time to recharge each day. And that's just kind of like bringing down the volume of the day, even if it's just for 15 to 30 minutes, 
So I always advocate for people to have maybe quiet hours in the house, you know, even if your kids don't nap saying like, all right, everybody, like everyone goes to their own space with either a book or even a movie, if that's what's going to like make it happen. And just taking that time to be like silent and quiet and, you know, just kind of give your, that sensory part of our brains a rest. Mm. And, you know, I think that is one that really is important to me um, because I, you know, our, our lives can be so loud with little kids. And I know I have a three and a six-year-old, like I said, and, you know, like they're just not quiet and, you know, I can't expect them to be quiet all the time. Right. But I can probably expect them to, you know, or be able to get them to be quiet for like 15 to 30 minutes. So we can just like get my brain straight. Right. Mm, So that's one, you know, a big one, I think too. Amazing. I actually, I I love that self-care by sub subtraction I've never heard that before but that is um that's incredible I do I I think that is so crucial when it comes to the comparing on social media we're just so flooded by it every single day our feeds are just flooded by um again this perfect image (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it's like overwhelming you know and I think there's like expert fatigue too right you know that there are so many voices telling us how we should be and what we should be doing and it can get to be a lot, you know? Mm. And, um, you know, I think we all just have to kind of tune into kind of what's filling us up and what's draining us, you know? Am I feeling better after looking at this or after this, like going scrolling through certain posts or am I feeling worse, Mm. you know? And we really have to kind of, it can be such a mindless process, but kind of really, you know, identifying whether this is helping me or hurting me. Yeah, so, so important. Um, that's amazing. Thank you so much for those, Bryce. Um, so tell us what's next for you and your journey. Do you have anything you're currently creating through the membrane therapist at the moment? I'd, um, I'd love to hear your vision and plans. Oh yeah. So currently I, I really just love kind of what is happening there. I mean, I love the community that's kind of built up and, you know, I like to keep it as simple as possible. So I do have a mini course right now on anger called mom's temper toolkit. And it kind of relates back to everything that we've talked about today. Right. Um, you know, kind of just self-care and, you know, the anger that can come up when we're not meeting that and how to go about handling that. So I teach mothers how to understand their anger in motherhood, implement realistic anger management and anger prevention in their everyday lives, and develop a plan for noticing and soothing the anger when it pops up. Um, And I also wrap up the course with skills on how to repair the relationship with our kids when we inevitably do lose our tempers with them, Um, you know, because, you know, it can be so easy to think like, oh, like I'm going to work on my anger. I'm never going to lose my temper with my kids, but that's just not realistic. I mean, we're human beings. We're not robots. So, you know, really understanding that like losing, um, losing our temper is okay. It's not like the worst thing. We just kind of want to like understand the process a little bit more. And when we do, that's actually part of just like a healthy relationship in a lot of ways with our kids. And we can learn how to apologize to them and we can teach them what a healthy repair looks like when we do have kind of disagreements um not just with us but in throughout their lives so we're really modeling for them kind of how to deal with their anger and that was kind of just my hope for the whole thing Mm, I absolutely love that and again you're so right it isn't just about us learning to manage our um, those sort of certain emotions, but also, you know, for our children to kind of see that and learn because um, 
it's it's not an easy thing and it's not something that we've naturally been taught you know how to control yes. those types of emotions so that's so so crucial and I love so that you're doing true. That. I'll oh, definitely be following and supporting your journey and everything you're creating to the membrane therapist and I just want to thank you I want to thank you for everything you're providing at the moment to mothers around the world because I just know how much that support and information you're making accessible is needed and I mean, for anyone that knows me and my mission with Mother Hair yeah. would know I am definitely advocate for what you're putting out. And I just, I feel it's so crucial that we as a society start putting more focus and support into mental well-being of mothers and really start to shift those outdated ways of mothers just exhausting and forgetting mm. themselves. Um, and I believe that shift starts with empowering mothers like yourself so thank you so much for everything you've shared today I've definitely found it very insightful I've learned some new things um and no doubt so many other mothers listening will be taking something away from it so thank you for being here oh thank you so much for having me Jade it's honestly it's a huge honor and one of the, like the greatest gifts I feel like I've randomly stumbled upon is kind of this work of supporting mothers in this way and you know, I, I appreciate all of the people that kind of are part of it, right? And I appreciate all the work you do to kind of kind of further further this message, right? That we're all spreading about moms and mm. you know that we deserve kind of happiness and well being and you know, there's more to it than what it might feel like some days. Yes, definitely it is. It's a beautiful thing when women come together like this and support each other um, and just spread their own knowledge and support. I love yes. it. So um, for all our listeners, if you would like to also follow Bryce's journey and are interested in knowing more about what she has to offer, please make sure to head on over and show some love to her socials. Bryce, how can our listeners find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at mombraintherapist or mombrain.therapist. I always forget that dot. And I'm also on Facebook as well at the mombraintherapist. So you can find me over there and I'd love for you to say hi and you can send me a DM. I'd love to chat with you. Amazing. Thank you so much, Bryce. Mamas, if you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more from the Motherhood Podcast, please make sure to spread the love like and subscribe so you can keep up to date on all our latest episodes and interviews. You can also head on over via the link in the episode bio to the Mother Her Instagram community where you'll find your weekly dose of inspiration, tips and talks all on motherhood empowerment. So I hope to see you all there.